Hello and welcome. This is Dr. Stuart Tully for History 302. And today I'm going to be explaining the study guide for you and also what I expect for the final exam. I've gotten a couple emails from some of y'all about this. Uh, very understandable. You know, the finals is coming up in about a week or two. So uh, yes, I'm going to be very happy to explain to you well, what all I expect for this final exam and uh, also go over the study guide. Go over the study guide and tell you how the study guide is going to, you know, really play into the final exam, uh, what the overlap of that all is. Now, ordinarily, right about this time, this is when I would tell you, hey, why don't you go open up that PowerPoint? Uh, today, there is not a PowerPoint. Instead, there is a study guide. So go click on the PDF study guide for final exam. Now, before we do that, let me tell you about the final exam itself. Um, <clears throat> it is going to be done as a quiz. Um, it's going to be opening up on Thursday, May 5th at midnight. So basically Friday morning, you know, Friday morning, first thing Friday morning. And it's going to close at midnight Thursday. So basically you have a week. You have a week from May 5th to May 12th to do this exam. Now, the exam uh, it has a two-hour time limit. It has a two-hour time limit because... It's a, it's a bigger idea. It's a, it's a bigger concept. It's, it's, a, it's a much bigger idea. And so, um, yeah, you're, you're going to do that. So you're going to have two hours to do it. Um, if you do go over, if you do go over, you can attach a Word file with your remaining response. Uh, basically, if you go the not not if you go over time, but if you go over the word limit, uh, there are word limits. But if you're writing a very long essay, which some of these are going to be, uh, feel free to email me something. You cannot email me the whole exam, but just your kind of your overlap. Uh, with that said, uh, this is also an essay exam. This is also an essay exam, which we're going to explain once we get to it. So look, look, go look at that study guide. Now the test is going to be three parts. There are three parts of the test. And total, it's going to be 150 points. Total, it's 150 points. But let's break it down part by part. The first part is the terms. The first part is the terms. You can see right there, there are 20 terms listed. 20 terms listed. Um, those that are underlined are just movies or other concepts. I might go over a few of them. But basically, what you're expected to do, 10 of those are going to be on the exam. 10 of those are going to be on the exam. And you have to write about five of them. You have to write a one paragraph response identifying each uh, five of the uh, 10 that are listed. Okay, so basically you're going to be writing five individual paragraphs. Each paragraph is about one of the concepts. Uh, do not bring them all together. I've, I've had students before who misunderstood and like wrote one paragraph with five terms. It was not a very good paragraph and they did not get full points for it. So basically what you see here are there are a lot of names and a lot of concepts that you should remember from the course. You should remember a lot of these names and concepts from the course. Uh, you know, things like Buffalo Bill, you know, William Cody, Buffalo Bill. Who was Buffalo Bill? You should be able to write a paragraph about him. Um, this is the one that's more factual based. You don't really need to make an argument here. You're not really getting into your own thoughts on the matter. Just identifying who is Buffalo Bill, why is he important, why is he covered in this pop culture class. Uh, Birth of a Nation. You know, I'll go through all of them. Birth of a Nation, that's the film. Uh, you know, how, why was it impactful? When was it made? Uh, Mary Pickford and Douglas Fairbanks, why are they impactful as a couple? What do they change about how Hollywood is perceived? Uh, Harry Pace, you know, Harry Pace, we've talked a lot about him. Uh, why We Fight, that's the World War II movies. Uh, you know, that's kind of American propaganda. 
Uh, Rick Rubin, the guy who founds Def Jam, what's his importance? Maxine Powell, the lady who did the uh, the charm school at Motown. In Loco Parentis, we talked about that with the uh, with the uh, counterculture stuff. This idea that college campuses were existing for the benefit of the of the parents of the children. Uh, William Gaines, the guy who was with ED Comics and um, also with uh, Mad Magazine later on, but also you know this whole thing that he went through with the uh, the comics code and all. Uh, Suge Knight, the gangster rap guy, another one that's pretty basic. Uh, Kayfabe, the concept from professional wrestling. Shigeru Miyamoto, the guy who programmed Mario. What does Nintendo mean for the whole video game aspect of it? Uh, the Fiji Mermaid, that's a very early um, P.T. Barnum concept. How does this kind of play into some of his ideas? Oswald the R- Lucky Rabbit, that's a, a Disney thing. Disney's America, I'm talking about the theme park. I'm talking about the theme park. Uh, it does kind of get into how Walt Disney did see America, but I want to talk about the actual theme park, the aborted theme park. Uh, Mary Hartline, Super Circus, Early Television. Criticism of early rock and roll, talk about the racial stuff, how it's viewed as too sexual. Seduction of the Innocent, that's the uh, thing with the, the comics, basically the uh, thought that comics were trying to you know, disrupt smaller children. Gorgeous George, professional wrestler, and finally 1943 in cartoons. So the way this works, as I said, there are 20 possible terms, 10 of which are going to be on the exam, you have to write about 5 of them. So if you study 15 of those, if you study 15 of those, at least five of the ones you study are going to be on the exam, okay? You don't have to study all 20. If there's one of those, one or two of those you don't like, hey, if there's up to five of those you don't like, that's okay. Don't study it. As long as you study 15, at least five of the ones you studied are going to be on the exam. Those are 10 points apiece. Uh, that is 50 points total. Something I would recommend you do is don't do the terms first. Uh, the, the essays are much more points. Um, Particularly whenever I do this in person, students always get hung up on doing the the, uh, the ID, IDs first. I'm not saying don't take time on them, but the I'd spend more time and effort on, especially more studying for the longer essays and the short essay. Okay, longer essay, longer essay. This is to be a seven to nine paragraph essay, which includes introduction and conclusion paragraphs. Okay, I want a classic with a thesis statement you know, supporting evidence in all your paragraphs, making an argument, making an argument. Hey, you see that in all caps, an argument. Likewise, I need specific information, okay? It's not as dependent upon like only giving me facts as the IDs, but you're going to be building an argument, but I also want specific information. Uh, the shorter essay doesn't need as much specific information because it's more about your own thoughts on things. But for this one, you do need a bit more specific information in addition to your own analysis and argument. There are six possible longer essay topics. Three of them are going to be on the exam. You have to write about one of them. So the way this works out, if you study four of them, at least one of the ones that you studied is going to be on the exam. What are they? Number one, um, examine the role of a creator's personality on the pop culture they created. How did their quirks uh, manifest in their creations and impact the culture as a whole? Talking about creators, talking about who is the creator, who makes the stuff, how is their personality done into play? Choose at least three different person creators from different forms of media and show their interplay. Okay, so you can't just pick like three musicians or three TV personalities. Um, I want three different forms of different places. You know, three different creators, three different forms of media. Show how their personality, show how their idea, identity really gets shown in what they created. 
Um, a very easy one to focus on is somebody like Disney. You know, we've talked about that extensively, how Disney's personality came out in the pop culture he created. But there's other ones you can go with, too. Okay? Question two. Um, issues of race have been omnipresent throughout America's history. How are racial issues addressed at different periods and time through pop culture? Provide at least three separate examples of how different periods in time in America's history tackled race as well as the interconnected dynamics. Once again, we're talking about race. We're talking about different time periods. You can't just all do three things from like the civil rights movement or something. I want it from different time periods. So for instance, uh, if you want to talk about like, you know, Harry Pace, and then you talk about Maxine Powell, then you want to talk about, um, you know, something with hip hop. That's fine. That, that's a perfectly one to do. Um, also, I mean, white is a race. You could talk about like how issues of whiteness might've been shown or, or Hispanic or, you know, Asian. Actually, it's a pretty good one with Asian. You do things like why we fight. Um, remember, you don't have to just use the information I gave you. If there if there's something else, you know that you that you really think is going to get into play with that. So, for instance, let's say you do do you know Asian, and you're like you know I I, I want to show how um, you know Shang Yi and the, 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 the Ten Rings that, that the Marvel movie that came out really goes into play in as opposed to other things. I, I'm perfectly all right with that. All right, number three, Americas have long desired to be on the cutting edge of technology. Provide at least three different examples of how pop culture utilized new forms of media. What sorts of messages were spread of these new forms of technology? What was the reception of these forms of media as well as their message? This kind of goes into the technology of it of different forms. So, for instance, things like radio or, or the movies or the Internet or television is a pretty easy one. Um, all these, you know, throughout the class, it's kind of been something we've talked about. It's how new forms of media show different forms of um, pop culture. Kind of get into that, get into the uh, underplay. Okay, number four, pop culture has been cited as by both its detractors and proponents as an agent of social change. Provide at least three different examples of when pop culture either purposely or inadvertently created social change, where audiences and creators in one accord of this change. Another pretty basic one, talk about how pop culture causes societal change. Uh, you can go with like Mary Pickford and Douglas Fairbanks, you know, are the movies, things like Clara Bow, all these things, how do they cause social change? Is it good for people to work, look at them? Uh, number five, capitalism has entrenched itself as America's dominant political, sorry, dominant economic system. How has pop culture monetized itself or allowed advertising to influence it? Provide at least three different examples from different time periods to show the interplay between the desire to create art and the realities of making money. Uh, this is kind of like the, the technology one. Uh, basically, how how do how do different pop culture creators, how does different forms of pop culture address the money issue? You know, we talked about it early on, how, you know, all art requires patronage. And the fact that, you know, when you're dealing with pop culture, you're dealing with a very large sense of patronage. The fact that you may not be, you know, directly interacting with them. You know, all art, if it's going to be for public consumption, they got to eat. You know, artists have to eat. Artists have to pay the bills. And so how do they address capitalism? How do they address money? The final question, number six, escapism is a key appeal of pop culture to audiences. When reality is too daunting or depressing, audiences want to lose themselves in a fantasy world. Provide at least three different examples of periods of U.S. history when pop culture either directly addressed or provided escape from the stress of the modern world. What sort of messages were being sent to the audiences regarding the chaos? Once again, pretty straightforward here. Uh, just talk about escapism. You know, what, what's going on in the Great Depression? What's going on in World War II? Uh, with modern stuff, how, do, how does modern stuff get into escapism? Just talk about escapism, another big theme of the class. As I said, there are six possible essays 
three of them are going to be on the exam. You have to write about one of them. And I want a really good, you know, seven to nine paragraph taking out the introduction and conclusion. That's like six paragraphs. So like all of them pr pretty much seem to say, like talk about three different examples. You could like talk about the facts of one and then like do the analysis, link them together with the other ones. Pretty straightforward. Um, I would recommend as you study for this, maybe make an outline or something. I will not tell you to write these entirely beforehand because, first of all, that's cheating. And second of all, that's really not fair to anybody. That's, that's a lot of time to write this. But I would I would outline these. I, I, I would pick the four that I would like to write on, you know, the four that I choose, and I would have an outline. And remember, you're taking this online. I'm okay with you having an outline. This is not a proctor test. Feel free to have an outline, like on a separate sheet of paper or, you know, maybe on a different tab or something where you look at your outline for these and you're like, hey, this is what I want to talk about. This is what I want to talk about. I think that's a very fine thing to do. Uh, yeah, pick, outline them. Make sure you have like a strong, you know, thesis statement. Figure out what your examples are going to be. So whenever the test time does come around, you're not overwhelmed by it. Okay. Shorter essay. This is this is where you get your chance to shine. This is where I want you. This is kind of the, the variation of yeah. Some of y'all's form responses have been really good. You're kind of like using it as a launching off point to talk about other issues in pop culture or things you've seen. Um, that's what I want for this one. I want you to kind of go off. I want you to kind of go on your own little rabbit trail. I mean, not total rabbit trail. Um, have an outline beforehand. This one's 40 points. Oh, I should have mentioned the longer essay is 60 points, so that's the bulk of your points. Uh, shorter essay is 40 points, but still, the two essays are two-thirds of your grade. I do want you to have an argument. You don't need an introduction and conclusion paragraph. Do have a good thesis statement, though. Have a thesis statement, have an argument that you have early on your shorter essay. This one's to be a bit more philosophical. I mean, don't just not have any specific evidence. But like, you know, don't like if you're going to give an example, give an example. But like, I don't need to know the minutia of it. You know, I can I can figure this out. Just I'm more concerned about your your philosophy behind it, kind of the ethos behind it all. So with that said, uh, the, the three potential ones, there are three potential essay topics. Two of them are going to be on the final. You have to write about one of them. So if you study two, at least one of the ones you study is guaranteed to be on it. Uh, number one, P.T. Barnum, Buffalo Bill Cody, and Walt Disney have become an unlikely centerpiece of this class. I think I mentioned early on, I consider those three to be kind of like the most influential when it comes to American pop culture. If I had to add a fourth, eh, probably, eh, yeah, I'd probably go Barry Gordy. But but those three, uh, all of these guys, though, P.T. Barnum, Buffalo Bill Cody, and Walt Disney, and honestly, you could put Barry Gordy in this, too are very big self-promoters. They have a penchant for self-promoting and stretching the truth in order to appease the audiences that have ramifications throughout U.S. history. Have you found that other pop culture creators who also kept up these tactics have been the standard or the exception in America's history? Do you agree that this triumvirate is a central figure for American pop culture or is substitute another in its stead? Does the fact that all three are white men demonstrate a deeper unwholesome truth about American pop culture? Okay, here's what I'm looking for. I don't want you to just write about these three. If you just write about, like, here's what Barnum, you know, Buffalo Bill does, here's what P.T. Barnum does, here's what Walt Disney does. We've talked about that extensively, okay? I want you to jump off using that. You know, like, you know, would there be another triumvirate? The idea, like I said, that all three of these guys are self-promoters who really stretched the truth. Um, or, or outright lie. I mean, you could argue that P.T. Barnum is an outright liar. Buffalo Bill, you know, he 
outright liar. Walt Disney, you know, outright liar. Uh, you could say, like, how does that come into play with the pop culture? Um, likewise, how does a creator get involved? This is kind of a, a much longer version of essay one uh, for longer for uh, for the longer essay. Uh, this is kind of a longer version of it, but I do want you to get into like, who do you think is the most influential triumvirate? Also, their penchant for stretching the truth and kind of exaggeration, tall tales, whatever you want to call it. All right, number two, the period following World War II has been one of immense change for American pop culture. New technologies and voices from previously marginalized peoples have resulted in a world that is much more diverse and dynamic. But by the same token, this sheer variety has caused an oversaturation of choices. And it is difficult, if not impossible, to denote a single, quote-unquote, American pop culture. Do you believe this multitude of media choices has undermined itself into decreasing the potency of a culture shared by the population as a whole? Or do you believe that hearing from more voices is ultimately good development, even if the meta-narrative is not lost? By the same token, do you believe that a development that American pop culture changed the most in the post-war era, post-World War II, or defined it another period to have been central to change? Okay. This is not supposed to be just talking about the changes in uh, pop culture after World War II. Uh, if you want to talk about that, that's fine, but you know, I go beyond that. You know, has pop culture become so oversaturated as to become less potent? You know, the fact that we now have a multitude of television channels and streaming services and the TikToks and the YouTubes and whatever, is it making it, you know, the content creators less potent than when you just had three TV channels, for instance? You know, like I said, it's mainly about the relationship between pop culture and how Americans choose to view themselves as a group or as individuals. What do you find to be the most dominant in America's history? Do, do Americans want to be viewed as part of a group or as part of an individual? In addition, considering that America lacks homegrown pop culture, sorry, high culture, and middle ground culture is often difficult to discern, pop culture has become the de facto American culture. But is it truly unifying or just plummeting the lowest common denominator? You know, are things like representation, are things like people being involved, hearing from other voices, if you're having a multitude of voices, does it just get louder? You know, like I said, when there's just like 3D, three TV channels and you have a very limited choice of what you're going to listen to, it doesn't make the voices that do get become more potent, but now that we have more choice, is it, any, is it just screaming into a void? All right, question three. This is, this one, I'm not going to say it's definitely going to be on the test, but this one's very near and dear to my heart. Uh, this was not said in this particular class. This one's not said in this particular class. Um, one of the last times I taught this in person before COVID, a student said this. And this has honestly never left my mind. Basically, the more I think about the semester, whatever, but uh, the comment, what's better, a fake something or a real nothing? You know, think about P.T. Barnum. You know, would you rather have the dream that the Fiji mer mermaid is real? And maybe there are mermaids out there or accept the truth that it's a, it's a real nothing. You know, the, which would you prefer, a fake something or a new nothing? How has this tension been reflected in a larger sense throughout America's existence and reflected in its pop culture? Is kayfabe, remember pro wrestling, the idea of kayfabe is like the reality of a ring. Like, you know that these guys aren't really trying to kill each other, but you want to know what's real and what isn't real. Is it like the best concept to understand American pop culture, or would you say another concept is more apt to provide insight? You know, I'm not asking a big question here. I'm just asking about the nature of reality as reflected in pop culture. When something has become so central to one's identity, as demonstrated several times in this course, it cannot be easily dismissed as it's fake, you know, like with something like pro wrestling or with P.T. Barnum, you know, the stretching of the truth, Disney, Buffalo Bill. It's very easy to like dismiss them as it's fake, 
but of course it's fake, but the person is choosing it as their reality. Like they know it's fake, but doesn't it provide a look into something deeper? You know, this is where I really want you to really wax philosophic. I know that sounds kind of esoteric, and if you have questions, please email me about that. So as I said, there are three possible essays for the shorter essay. Uh, you know, like I said, this is, I want you to like really show me what you think here. Uh, this is where you, you get your chance to really like blow me away with like your, your insights here. Uh, this is 40 points total. And with that said, that does it for the study guide. Hopefully you have a pretty good understanding of it. And uh, yeah, with that, this is Dr. Tully wishing you a good day.